Good morning. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. My name is Mary Leeson, and it is my privilege to serve as the chair of the Religious Education, or RE, committee. I am joined today by Lily Rappaport, our director of religious education, Colleen Taley, our religious education coordinator, Howe Walker, our musical director, and all of our wonderful children and youth and their teachers. Today, they are leading our service and sharing what they have worked on in their classes this year. Andrew Rome and Kathy Slater now have a very special announcement for us. The Settled Minister Search Committee from our church is very happy to announce we've extended a preliminary call to the Reverend Stephen Protzman. He will begin his candidating week next weekend by leading worship on Sunday, May 20th. During the week that follows, Reverend Protzman will be meeting with members during a variety of activities, including social hour between services, committee meetings, dinners, and other activities. He'll also be available during the week at local coffee shops and at the church for more casual conversation. Reverend Protzman will conclude his week by leading both services on Sunday, May 27th. And please refer to the flyer that's in your Sunday bulletin today for further details of all those meetings and gatherings. Now, a little more about him. Reverend Protzman comes to us after a successful seven-year ministry at the UU Society of Iowa City. His accomplishments there include a successful capital campaign drive, over $3 million, a building of a lovely new church facility. He facilitated growth in membership and in ministries. He led a, to a deepening of the community's sense of spirituality and of their sense of mission. Our search committee was attracted by his energy, his skills, his creativity, his compassion, and his sense of humor. We will laugh a lot. And he even loves pie. We talked a lot about pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reverend Protzman especially enjoys crafting collaborative worship and providing pastoral care. Besides having a master's degree in theology, he has a BA in architecture and has been a pipe organ designer. How about that, Hal? <laughs> he's, yeah. He knows we don't have one. He's, you know, he's been here. <laughs> Other interests include the outdoors, and he looks forward to exploring the parks and trails of Northeast Ohio. You will receive more biographical information and a link to his website, and I've been told that there's a special greeting to our congregation on that website. So look for that in email this week. And now Andrew is gonna tell you about the logistics of finalizing all this. <laughs> well, first, thank you, Kathy. And thank you to the Ministerial Search Committee for your year's work. 
And thank you to the negotiating team. Thank you to the UUA for their support. And thank you to, to you, our congregation, for your faith on the long road getting to this point. Ultimately, it is the congregation who calls a minister through a process defined by our church bylaws. We love democracy. As moderator of the Board of Trustees, it's my job to lead us through that process as we collectively make a decision about our church's future. This is what we do. We call a congregational meeting and a quorum of church membership votes on calling Reverend Stephen as our settled minister, a vote which needs a 85% supermajority in order to be successful. We must really want him. This vote will happen on May 27th at the end of our annual meeting, which we delayed to align with Reverend Stephen's availability. I believe our church is ready for our new minister. And on May 27th, we will be ready to democratically decide the next steps in our church's future. Thank you. I invite the children and their teachers to stand and turn and face everyone else as we say our chalice lighting words. We light this chalice because we are Unitarian Universalists. This is the church of the open mind. This is the church of the helping hands. This is the church of the loving heart.
Among the most accomplished and fabled tribes of Africa, no tribe was considered to have warriors more fearsome or more intelligent than the mighty Maasai. It is perhaps surprising then to learn the traditional greeting passed between Maasai warriors, Kasarian and Gera. One would always say to another, Kasarian and Gera, and it means, how are the children? It is still the traditional greeting among the Maasai, acknowledging the high value that they place on their children's well-being. Even warriors with no children of their own would give this traditional greeting and answer, all the children are well. Meaning, of course, that peace and safety have prevailed and that the priorities of protecting the young and the powerless are in place. The Maasai society has not forgotten its reason for being, its proper functions and responsibilities. All the children are well means that life is good. It means the daily struggles for existence do not preclude proper caring for their young. I wonder how it might affect our consciousness of our own children's welfare if, the, if in our culture we took to greeting each other with this daily question. And how are the children? I, I wonder if we heard that question and passed it along to each other a dozen times a day, if it would begin to make a difference in the reality of how children are thought of or cared for in our own country. And I wonder if every adult among us, parent and non-parent alike, felt an equal weight for the daily care and protection of all the children in our community, in our town, in our state, and in our country. I wonder if we could truly say without hesitation, the children are well. Yes, all the children are well. What would it be like if the minister began every worship service by answering this question? And how are the children? If every town leader had to answer the question at the beginning of every meeting, and how are the children? Are they well? Wouldn't it be interesting to hear their answers? What would it be like, I wonder? And I'll tell you, in this community, over the last year, I've seen teachers and adults, parents and non-parents, loving and communicating and caring for the children in this community. So that this morning, as we celebrate the children and the teachers of this great community, I can say to you that yes, the children, they are well. Let us worship together. Another greeting, another greeting from other lands is the Mayan greeting. When one Mayan person is walking in the forest and they hear someone else coming, they sing out, Alakin. And the reply is, they sing out, Enlake. And the reply is, Alakin. So when I say, Enlake, you say, Alakin. Let's try it. Enlake. It means, I am another you. And your reply is, Yes, you are another me. We're of the same tribe, and you are safe. So we'll sing. Enlake. Alakin. Alakin. Enlake, Enlake, Alaki, Alaki, who 
teachers of preschool and kindergarten class. My name is Heather Waltz, and my fellow teacher are Elizabeth Swango and Rebecca Swango. Valerie Henry is not able to be with us today. Um, and with us, we have Meredith Wakefield, who's one of our children in our class. Um, and we're going to tell you a little bit about what we do. When you view the world through the eyes of a four or five-year-old, the world is full of wonder ready to be discovered. This year, the preschool kindergarten class used the curriculum Celebrating Me and My World. This year began by celebrating the wondrous qualities and children themselves, and then moved outward to celebrate the people in their lives, and finally expanding one more time to celebrate the wonders of the wider, wider world. Last time was spent listening to stories, creating crafts, playing and singing together. Some of the, the, the things we learned were... Right, and I'd like to know what their favorite part of coming to RE was. Do you have a favorite? Get to use my glue and make drawing stuff. Mm -hmm. We had a blast. And the first and second grade can come up. There are seven promises we make to each other to help us be in community. They remind us that we are connected to each other and to the spirit of love and mystery, which some people call God. Now, we have some wondering questions for you. How do you respect people? Any answers? <laughs> listening to them. Oh, listening. Good. Ray Helping them when they need help. Good. What do you think about our promises? What do you think about our promises? Meredith? Keep them. Yeah, that's good. Raylan? She thinks the promises are good because they help everyone be respectful to each other. 
What could you do to help the earth? All right. <laughs> Meredith? Cleaning the earth? Yes. yes. Awesome. And Raylan? You could use less fossil fuels and more renewable energy because fossil fuels make pollution. <laughs> All of us thank you for, for sharing your children with us this year. Wonderful. And now, please join me in a prayer written by Meg Barnhouse. Dear God, may I be kind. May I be strong and brave, joyful, useful, and loving, honest, and healthy. Amen. Good morning, everyone. We are the teachers of the third, fourth, and fifth grade class. Our names are Cheryl Spur. Using the democratic process, our class elected Ray Lynn Rome as our class speaker. So without further ado, our elected spokesperson will take it from here. We are the students in third, fourth, and fifth grade class. My name is Raylene Rome, and these are some of the other students. The names are Silas, Silas, Riley, our third grade tools. <sighs> My name is Franklin. My name is Coleman. We studied from the toolbox of faith. Here's a toolbox we decorated that holds our tools. The toolbox itself is a symbol of faith. Each tool inside it has a different UU value. Our, for, our first tool is the ruler. It represents the rules and promises we make to our community. Our third tool is the compass. It reminds us of the importance of angry. We, survive, we strive to always do the right thing even if it's hard. Our second tool is the magnifying glass. It teaches us to ask questions and be careful finding answers. Is a mirror. It teaches us to look inside ourselves and follow our own Duct tape teaches us to bend, be flexible, and change our thinking so we can have new ideas. Our sixth tool is the paintbrush. It reminds us that expressing ourselves is important. We made a natural while listening to music and we heard a story of a man who helped others by playing the cello. Our seventh tool is chalk, and it means democracy. We, you, dot, you, dot, s, believe in democracy. Um, we will tell you more about this lesson in a little bit. Our eighth tool is a hammer. It represents power. We should use our power to do good things, to do good for others. We heard a song about if I had a hammer, and we heard a story about fighting to stop slavery. Our ninth tool is canteen, which stands for the spirit of life. Our tenth tool is saddlebags, which are too big to bring in. They stand for courage and conservation, which is what we need to do good things. We made courage stones, 
and learned about universalist ministers. Da -da, da -da. Our 11th tool is the stethoscope, and that is not easy to say. It represents listening. We talked about how important it is to listen to others. Our 12th tool is sandpaper. Sandpaper is smooth and rough edges and stands for humor. We took the nature walk and made up silly songs. Our 13th tool was a glove. Um, take the G of glove and you have love. Like love, gloves keep us warm, protect us, and help us work. Now I want to invite two adults to come up and join us in one of our lessons. Would two of you please come up? We will do our activity from the talk lesson, but you grown-ups will be the students, and we children will be the teachers. Has your, um, would you please give your animal a name? What did you name yours? Billy, tell us what kind of person your animal is. Is it shy or outgoing or what? Um, this little guy, I don't know what animal it is, but I'm going to name it Honey, and it is very fierce um, and protective. I'm going to name this, I have no idea what this is. Um, I'm going to name it Rudy. And it is very friendly and cheerful and loves to use its little wings to fly around and be kind to people. <laughs> Has your animal ever shown bad behavior? Can you tell us what the behavior was? Well, sometimes um, when Honey feels threatened, she, to protect herself because she's so fierce, she might use her claws. It looks like she might have some claws here. And sometimes that hurts other animals. Well, sometimes Rudy flies away, and when I call him, he doesn't come back right away, and he's not a really good listener. <laughs> we will now decide which animal's behavior was worse, and that animal must be placed outside until after the service. And you think... <laughs> If you think the animal did the worst thing, please raise your hand. If you think the other animal did the worst thing, please raise your hand. So, so who thinks that Honey did the, the worst thing? Uh, okay. So who thinks Rudy, who thinks Rudy? to his mother did the worst thing? <laughs> <laughs> Honey is going to be placed outside. Franklin? Do you think it's fair to punish this animal that way? Please just shout out what you think. Do you feel sorry for the animal? Do you think the animal's being punished too hard? Just call out what you think. Should we bring it back in? What do you grown-ups think? think that people who do things that aren't accepted should be treated. Should we punish them? Should we try to think, try to see things from their point of view? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 
You guys are good. Okay, never mind, just kidding. So we've taught this lesson quite a few times, and every time the children really discover empathy for the animal and want the animal to be brought back into the community, and the children always decide that it's better to try and understand why someone does something and help them rather than just punish. So thank you for participating in our lesson. I'm gonna ask Coleman to come back. Every once in a while, we take our religion outside these walls. And sometimes uh, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, they have an opportunity to earn a badge called Duty to God. So I'd like, I'd like to recognize Coleman for completing the requirements that the Unitarian Universalists has put together in their um, program for Boy Scouts age seven to 14 called Love and Help. And Coleman, uh, we've met over the past three months, and Coleman has gone through much of the, re of the assignments in here. And I think that you've done everything that you needed to, to to be awarded a badge. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, if that's okay. And you want to come over here? Use this mic. Do you need a cheat sheet? Uh, I'll give you one. So first I'm going to ask you, you had said that the UU principles were similar to the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell me what the Boy Scouts laws are or yeah, characteristics? Um, and you could tell them what so it is. So there's, I think, 12 um, points in the Cub Scout law. And I can say that a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And also, I don't know if you've memorized the seven principles, but you said that they were very similar in some ways. Would you like yeah. to recite them? Um, so, the seven principles are, the first one is worth and dignity. The second one is being kind and respecting everyone. Third one is helping and being part of a community. Fourth one is searching for what is true. Fifth one is everyone has the right to vote and have an opinion. The sixth one is searching and working toward a fair, free, and peaceful world. And the seventh one is we're all part of the interdependent web of life. And when we were working together, Coleman knew those without looking at a cheat sheet. Okay. So is there anything that you would like to say? I had what you wrote to me, I, I wrote down here. Um, In getting your duty to, bad, to God oh, yeah. badge. Um, in maintaining this duty to God badge, I learned I am in charge of my attitude. I learned the importance of having empathy for others. You don't have to say that. Um, and I learned about some famous Unitarian Universalists and some of their major contributions to the world. I was, I was excited to learn that famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright was a UU, and he designed two UU churches. Okay. Um, and also you learned about the power of being grateful, and one of your assignments was? Um, one of my assignments was to, for a few days, say what I was grateful for of that day. So um, here's the things I said I was grateful for. First one I said was, I'm grateful for books because they keep me entertained. Um, I'm grateful for Legos because they're good examples of engineering. Um, I'm grateful for teachers. I'm grateful for weekends. I'm grateful for friends, libraries, comics, and family. 
Thank you, Coleman. And on behalf of the UU, the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, I would like to present you with this badge, the Duty to God badge, and also a certificate that says that you completed all the requirements of, for the U, Unitarian Universalist Love and Help Program. Thank you. Our reading this morning is written by Lowell Brook, and it's entitled, What Do Children Need on Sunday Morning? They need to light a candle and have a quiet moment to enjoy its mystery. They need to sing a song, to hear their own voice and others' vo voices join together, and to feel the feelings that are stirred by the music. They need to hear a story and a chance to share their own, remembering that we are each different and also very alike. They need to create something. Expressing themselves, whether using words or materials, helps to bind the different parts of ourselves and life together. That's what religion is. They need to be with an adult who is interested in the world and who feels the privilege and responsibility of their trust, one who is glad to be with them and regards them positively. Into this safe and encouraging context, we may weave the content of our religious traditions. The history and the common threads of our identity are important, to be sure. But without this essential, loving embrace, the education will not be religious. We are fortunate to have three staff members who truly feel this privilege and responsibility holding the trust of our children and youth. Michelle Boris, our nursery provider extraordinaire, Colleen Taley, our religious education coordinator, and Lily Rappaport, our director of religious education. Thank you all for creating a welcoming, affirming, and joyous space for our children and our youth to grow together in community. The large planters are for you. And now, Colleen and I would like to take a moment to thank all those who helped teach our children and youth this year. There were about 30 individuals who served in various roles, including teaching, our whole lives, facilitators, and youth group advising. And I'm going to ask you to stand up so that we can um, show you our appreciation. You can stand up from the seats where you are. We thank you first for giving of your time we know that most of us do not have enough time to do all the things we want, and we truly appreciate you giving this most precious resource. We thank you for enriching the lives of our children with your creativity, your stories, and provoking conversation. We also thank you for your patience, the thought that you put into how you present each concept and time you spent pondering our children's questions to return the following week for more conversation. We truly thank you. And as a token of appreciation, we would like to offer you to take one of these decorated plants that on the chancel that our dearly beloved RE chair, RE committee chair, has so put love and care into each and every of these plants. And if the congregation would join us in thanking these valuable volunteers with a round of applause. And I'll invite Cheryl to come forward. These words are by Kristen Collins. 
We give to remind ourselves how many gifts we have to offer. We give to remember that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We give because we believe in music and sacred space. We give with the faith that, together, we have enough. The offering will now be gratefully received. Before we end our service today, I thought it might be really great to ask the children a few questions. We've told you what we've done this year, all of the wonderful stories we've learned about, but I want to know what their favorite things were about RE, and I want to know what did they like most about RE this year? Raylan, you have an answer? Um, I liked hanging out with my friends while learning. Lola? I liked being together. I like making crafts and learning new stuff every Sunday. Eden? I just like being with my friends and playing with them. My next question is, oh, Franklin, did you want to say what you liked about Ari? The thing I liked Ari the most about was all of the really interesting tools. So this is a big question. This is the biggest question. Why is RE important? Iona's got an answer back here. Because you can learn. Because you can learn. I'm gonna go to Henry and I'll come right back. Henry? Because you can um because you can do stuff. You can learn more to get along. Meredith? To help one another. To help one another, I love that. Um, And my final question to you this morning is, with all the things that you could do on a Sunday morning, why do you come here to this church, to Sunday at this church? Uh, <laughs> so we have fun and learn together. We can make new friends here. Breakfast. Breakfast? <laughs> Pancake breakfast. You can tell people what you have been doing. You can see people and tell them what you've been doing. All right, just a couple more. Like, we come here every morning because, like, it's just, like, a fun place to have. It's a fun place to have. Because it's important and it teaches us to be respectful to each other. I love it. Because it's fun. Because it's fun. I think we're going to end there. Oh, Benny, did you want to say something really quick? (laughs) Why do you come to RE? Because I like that, like, downstairs there's a drawing. Oh, the drawing. One more, one more. Okay. Because her mom brings her. That's why she comes, is what she said. (laughs) Well, as we close out our service, I can genuinely and truthfully and, and happily say that the children are indeed well in this community. And today's benediction is written by Amy Zucker Morgenstern. 
As we leave this hallowed place, may our feet remember its feel so that, so that whenever we, wherever we walk, we know ourselves to be on hallowed ground, where we know that we are kin with every soul, every star, every stone and leaf of grass, and may our words be gentle and our touch be kind. Blessed be.